Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I will have, I start with a little bit of disclaimer that I will get emotional <laughs> because uh, this is not only my research, but it's very personal as well. So, and I will, you will see the threads when and why this is also a personal thing. Um, because yeah, I have a lot of admiration to, for Frida Kahlo since I was very young. So I would never imagine doing this. So, oof. <laughs> That's Dr. Diana Albaran Gonzalez speaking at the Auckland Art Gallery's lecture series about the Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera exhibition that runs up to January 2023. Diana's a lecturer at Elam School of Art in Auckland, and textiles, particularly indigenous Mexican design and textiles, are her thing. Diana sees this show as an opportunity for New Zealanders to look at the symbolism and significance of Frida Kahlo to go beyond her pop icon, revolutionary chic status that's caused what's often called Frida mania. This is Voices with me, Kadambri. On the one hand, Frida mania has taken Kahlo's story and style to the world. But Diana says that it's also ignored some very significant aspects, like the contribution of weavers and artisans from Mexico and Guatemala. I hope it's a conversation starter to really bring the richness of textiles, indigenous textiles from Mexico and Latin America into the forefront, that people know that it is indigenous, just to give that visibility. And also people understand that Mexico is not one culture, as a, a multicultural country, because I'm very aware of what a lot of the problems are on in terms of her garments, and because textiles are part of my identity, part of my research, part of like the, the, uh, my surroundings since I uh, was growing up in Mexico. So I knew that I, that's I wanted to talk about, like very clearly of directing the gaze from what what you think Frida Kahlo style is. First, is political it was a political choice. And it's, uh, in a way, a reclamation of, on on identity and history that it has been taken away from col- because of colonization, but especially to direct the gaze, redirect the gaze to the indigenous makers. So for me, it's like she's she will be the entry point to talk about these issues. Diana takes issue with the hyper-commercialization of Frida's image, the appeal of it indiscriminately deployed in the form of those very controversial Barbies, to socks, stationery. I mean, you name it, it's all framed in a cult-like phenomenon world over. Through her talk, Diana sheds light on the indigenous significance of Frida Kahlo's braids, the embroidered wapils, the square blouses that she wore, her Tejuana dresses, the rebosos, those square shawls, and some motifs in her paintings, all inspired by indigenous design with deep symbolism, often unique to specific indigenous communities. And then there's the general disassociation from Kahlo's strong communist ideology. Many times when we talk about Frida Kahlo in this commodification of her image, 
her political status as a communist is forgotten. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is, um, how can an icon of pop culture now be so disconnected to her origins and her beliefs? Did you grow up quite exposed to all of this when you were mm. living in Mexico? Yeah, and it's funny. Well, she wore as a mixed person, Mestiza, her choice of garments was a political statement in a way to reclaim or to, again, direct the gaze on the importance of our history and La Mexicanidad. La Mexicanidad, a term used to talk about Mexicanness as such, based on the recognition of Mexico's rich history, indigenous and mestizo cultures, or the mix of Spanish and indigenous. I grew up in one of the states, like Chiapas, that is one of the states with most, in, one of the most in, um, diverse and indigenous population. And the south is more, way more than the north. And my mom, she wears a lot of garments that are handmade indigenous. Not from our community, like necessarily, but like from all of Mexico. Um, since I grew up, like growing up. And she's been my, of course, biggest influencer role model into appreciating and loving and wearing textiles every day if we can. And she did it in a time that was not common again, like even in Chiapas, especially, especially in these states that have more indigenous population. It seems that people like mestizos or mixed ancestry people like uh, kind of steer away from that and be more... That, that's a critique of mestizaje. It was a whitening process. It was a de-indigenizing process, an assimilating process. So mestizos would, oh, you're no longer indigenous, you are this new thing. So disassociation from the indigeneity. Yes. Almost. So always looking to be Europeans. Um, so there are paintings from her that really speak to me in that sense because I was raised with that ideology of mestizaje. Mestizaje homogenized, it was more a national identity and try to homogenize a Mexican identity, which is so diverse. So coloniality is always trying to be something else that we are not. So decoloniality, which is the basis of a lot of Diana's research and her PhD, is in effect a confrontation of and delinking from Eurocentricism. It's an untangling, especially when it comes to knowledge systems taught through the Western lens of modernity. The difference between uh, colonialism, but coloniality is these systems that are imposed. So coloniality of the being, coloniality of the mind, coloniality of, of, the, of bodies. So those are still present um, ourselves in our different cultures um, with its power relationships, you know, like uh, the global north, the global south. And so, yeah, culto become, uh, becomes a marketing thing what we see in media mostly it's it's just stereotypes that are actually very harmful so give me some examples of these stereotypes things that you find deeply problematic as someone from mexico yourself <sighs> narcos <laughs> you know like all of this drug cartels it's not that it's not a problem that we have but it's not no matter of joke you know like um there was about well, two cases, one from Colombia and one from Mexico here in in marketing. Like there's um, Burger Field a few years ago, they were making a Pablo Escobar uh, commercial, like 
the package and like it was very uh yeah problematic and then i think two three years ago um not, there's a brand that mm, they sell frozen burritos carton foods and we made a campaign like not for your consumption was cool because cartel foods making reference of the cartel culture of drug cartels and many of us have uh, our families have suffered from that or we have lost friends and because of that and then it's no joke so using that as a marketing strategy there seems to be a huge amount of depoliticization of design as well design and politics are invariably connected really oh, yeah. they, uh, when you talk about this kind of um coloniality hmm. approach to things and the appropriation of design what would you say would be some best practices how do you avoid something like that because a lot of people might push back and say design is universal we need to understand design is political there's you know again it's more comfortable if you're in power it's more comfortable to talk about the universality of design and the like the depolitization of, of design that is like, oh, no, it's not political. This is not about poli politics. Like normally the people who's like this is not about politics is because they don't have to question these things. But the people who are oppressed, it is not a choice. It's political. So our decisions as designers influence and matter because we reshape the world in a way. And we don't realize that we have, and not only design, like I'm talking design in a very generic way of like communication people, like anyone is like matters of representation. And, and just that we have different languages, different terms to talk about design that are not acknowledged and recognized. Like, for example, even the division between the hierarchies between art, design and craft that puts art above everyone. And then, so fine arts, it's European. And if it's indigenous from any other country, it's folk art. So who's making these, these decisions? Who's defining what is art, what is craft, what is... And normally the balance, it's very... It's a very unbalanced thing. Being in Aotearoa has been very useful from that perspective because of the strength of Te Maori and, and by, being a bicultural nation. So, uh, yeah, Maori people have, Tangata Fenua have a a process that is protecting Maori culture allows them to it's been a good like for defending their culture so that's a good example coming to New Zealand eight years ago in some ways seems to have spurred Diana to explore expression that's authentic to her background and free from the coloniality of design so um, I'm in that journey myself too because I knew that I was I've always knew that I was mixed you know, like that, that's the narrative. And actually I have um, Japanese ancestry too from my mom's side. Huh. Uh, but um, but I knew I had indigenous blood, but I didn't know from where. So being in Aotearoa and being in the, studying more of this really asked me, made me, and that's the, big, the biggest gift that I think I received from Teo Maori and my Tangata Fenua and my supervisors, my friends in the Maori faculties, because when you start describing Pepeja, your Pepeja and your ancestry and all of that stuff. So what does all this look like when it comes to teaching design from a point of view of decolonization? I always say to students, question yourself. Um, first, what we try to do, or what I personally try to do, is my students to feel that their cultures and their cultural background have a space in design and they can be proud of. 
wherever they come from. So we have students from many countries. So it's like, you know, what you, you bring with you matters. And I get emotional. Oh, sorry. No, no. <laughs> because, um, yeah, I look back to my own culture, not in a positive way before. I didn't know that my culture mattered. So for me, it's very nice to see our students bringing the culture so upfront in dialogue with Tel Maori and Mataranga Maori. And you can see how they feel proud of who they are. And for me, that's a step one. Mm. You know, like to see like your cultural background matters and it can be, and it has a space in design. The second one is don't take other people's culture without engaging with people. Culture is attached to people. You want, you like this, talk to that community, talk to that people, and sometimes accept that it is not our place to do certain works, certain designs. We need to pass the responsible thing to do. It's to pass that project to someone from that culture. If you're interested in Samoan culture, for example, there's a Samoan community, reach that. Like, mm -hmm. let's go to the source. Um, and we have in Tamaki Makoto, like in Oakland, we are so fortunate to be one of the most diverse cities in the world. So there's so much learning to do. Dr. Diana Albaran Gonzalez from the Elam School of Art talking about her journey with viewing design through a lens of decoloniality. The Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera show is on at the Auckland Art Gallery till January and there's an entire section on Kahlo's garments. Next week, I'll be continuing this conversation on design and decolonization. So follow Voices on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and everywhere that you get your podcasts from. You can also find Voices on the RNZ website. Today's episode was mixed by Rangi Poik, and I'm Kadambri Raghukumar. Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.